Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Good morning, Impact Church. Good, Good morning, morning Madeline. Good morning, and happy Mother's Day. Today's a big deal. It is a big deal. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Just have to say sorry to Bobby. I went to celebrate Bobby and Cheryl's one-year anniversary in Bridgewater, and I went to say, yay, Bobby and Cheryl, and it typed out booby and Cheryl. So, and then all of a sudden, I could hear this roaring laughter in the other office. Anyways, love you, Bobby and Cheryl. Happy anniversary. I think your phone should do a better job at auto-correcting when yes. you post stuff. I know. It should do a better job at auto-correcting. Yeah. So Mother's Day, what are you guys doing today for Mother's Day, Madeline? So today, we're do. usually we have a bunch of people over, but we're just going to do a classic family dinner, but my mom is not going to be cooking. Oh, so, are you cooking? Well, my brothers are, so they've got something planned, and then I've got dessert, and then just spending time together. What are you up to? I don't know. Probably I'll be cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Frankie sent me a video saying happy Mother's Day today, and uh, Carly asked her, how old is Mimi? And she said, 65. I got to do something about the gray hair. <laughs> Sarah, I need to tell me what box color of hair I need to buy. I was at the, sh at the shoppers the other day, and I almost just bought a, bi uh, a box of hair color. I was so desperate to color my hair. Have you ever box dyed your hair? Yes, I have. And it did unsuccessful? not turn out well. <laughs> No, it did not turn out well. Happy Mother's Day. I don't know if my mother's watching. She probably isn't. But I just want to tell you and share with you a few things I learned from yeah. my mother along the years. And uh, I love my mom. I have a picture of my mom and my dad and their wedding at my, in, my, in my bedroom So because they look so beautiful. Anyways, things I've learned from my mother. I have learned how to follow the tender flake recipe for pie pastry. And I make the bomb diggity pie. Thanks, mom. I've learned how to clean a house and it's all about the bleach. Thanks, mom. I've learned how to pickle endless amounts of beets and cucumbers so that if the zombie apocalypse happens, I know how to can some veggies. Thanks, mom. I've learned how to laugh at yourself. I don't know about you, but my mom was a queen of klutz and the queen of falling down and tripping in front of people. And she would fall down on her face in a crowd, ungracefully get up and laugh out loud at herself. And so That's I've inherited best. that kind of laugh out loud at myself kind of attitude as well. I want to say thank you to mom for uh, creating really simple memories. I remember when my mother was at Sargent's Hardware in Peterborough, Ontario, and we were probably on a pretty strict budget as a family back then. But every paycheck, or it seemed like every paycheck to me, you know, how your memories are conflated as a child. But I remember that uh, back in the day, they used to have the A&W where you would drive up and they would bring your food to the tray, your, on a tray yeah. to your window, to your car window. That is one of my most favorite childhood memories, oh. is payday going to the A&W and drinking root beer in the back of the car. I want to thank my mom for being a fierce advocate for me. Whenever something happened that she felt was unjust, she went to town for me and she went to bat for me. And you don't want to mess with my mama, that's for sure. She learned how to persevere and overcome many tribulations and many difficulties. And so I just thank my mom for always being there and always being consistent and always being um, a woman of values and conviction. My mom taught me how to love unconditionally because I was a brat as a teenage girl. <laughs> she had to live for some years with an alcoholic husband, yeah. but she loved unconditionally. Mm -hmm. 
And I just thank my mom because uh, she had a real sense of herself and she knew who she was and she owned it. And so thanks, mom, for everything that I've learned. The list could go on, but we have a little bit of time. How about you, Madeline? Is your mom, are you part Italian? My mom is British. Okay. And my dad is Irish Italian. Okay. That's so fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a couple things about my mom too. I feel like everyone should um, have a piece of my mom because she's so awesome. She is Mama Mira. So I think number one, what my mom's taught me is to celebrate people really well I remember being uh, probably grade one or two and on my birthday I I knew my mom would knock on the classroom door with a bunch of cupcakes from a whole class and to this day she still celebrates really well I should have been a better mom (laughs) Uh, nurturing so it doesn't matter if it's plants people animals we are loving them to bits Um, she's positive all the time like she will come into my bedroom at morning and just open the curtains I'm like not awake yet she's like good morning (laughs) the world has awoke so should you Um, always start every meal with olive oil garlic and onions so I'm she she's my Italian side I'm half Italian so and it it tastes so good fried garlic and onions Um, over prepare food you can never have enough Uh, There's always a way. So where there's a will, there's a way. I'm pretty sure she embodies that. She gets stuff done. Um, Everyone is invited all the time. There's always room at our house. It doesn't matter who, whoever you bring, there's, we'll have room for you. Um, Fun must be a part of everything. She had put that, that was one of Impact's values today, which is, we have a lot of fun here. Uh, Generous with everything. So she, generous with her time, she'll drop everything. um, And if I need a ride somewhere and I'm a grown adult I don't drive but she will still drive me to work in the morning which is really awesome so uh yeah I, she, I I've got a Mama bunch Mira. of other stuff but I love Mama Mira she'll come over to your house for a barbecue or something and she brings over two grocery bags full oh, of food yeah. you know tomatoes salad olive oil whatever chips yeah. whatever yeah so I love Mama Mira well welcome to our fourth installment of ghost stories We're excited about this. I hope you're being inspired to hear the voice of God and hear the voice of the Spirit in your life and to discover who the Holy Spirit is in your life. But before we go there, I just want you to all look at this beautiful picture. Uh, Pastor Carl and I, hallelujah, have been in London, Ontario for 30 years now. And we came to a small group of seniors. And this is actually Dylan's baby dedication. So we graduated Bible school, got installed, got ordained, moved and had a baby all within four weeks. And I, look, I love your outfit, too. You, you do? <laughs> <laughs> that is my attempt at being church lady. And I look back now, and it's like, oh, what, what was that? What was I wearing, and what was I trying to do? Short hair, nice and tidy, church lady, floral, whatever. I don't know what was wrong with my brain You guys there. look great. Yeah, we look really young. Look how skinny Pastor Carl is. <laughs> All right, I want to start with this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. And Paul says this, Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? Everybody say more glorious. More glorious. If the ministry that condemns is glorious, how much more glorious is a ministry that brings righteousness? And Paul said later on in verse 18, he said, And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. For this comes from the Lord who is a spirit. So I love the scripture. I love that we start in glory and we end in glory. And that the ministry of the Holy Spirit accomplishes a glorious end result in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Feel free to comment in the in below if you want to do the hand 
clap, thumbs up, hearts, and some love. Amen. Yeah, we need some more. Amen, amen. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. All right. So today we're going to talk about five misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Madeline, why don't you read those off for us? Did you have a great picture to, oh. to post? I, I thought you oh, had Oh, no, put, that's after. That's after? Okay, yeah. great. Okay, so five misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Number one, he convicts me. He waits to see if I slip up. He inspires me to fear God. He only comes if I perform right, and he makes me hungry and desperate. Which is so weird because we read that scripture about the ministry of the Holy Spirit being glorious and accomplishing a glorious end result. And so we start in glory, we end in glory. How did we get these misconceptions about the Holy Spirit? Somewhere in Christendom, we've come to believe that the Holy Spirit is the chief law enforcement agent of heaven, that his ministry is not glorious, even though Jesus said the Father will send the Holy Spirit, who is a comforter, advocate, intercessor, standby, and um, strengthener, and he remains forever. But I don't know about you, but I spent many years of my Christian life thinking the Holy Spirit was a policeman in my life, or the beat cop in my life, or Mm -hmm. the one who comes to point out all of my errors, and that's a misconception about the Holy Spirit. I just want to show you this picture. I love this picture. So that's really not me. That could be Pastor Carl on any (laughs) given morning. But our concept and our image of the Holy Spirit is he's the man in the mirror looking back at you, telling us all to shape up. You know what I mean? And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And it, it's nowhere in scripture that, that God is like that, right? No, not at all. I think if we had to title the uh, sermon today, it would be God, Holy Spirit is not the beat cop. Yeah, right? he's not the beat cop. Amen. Okay, I've switched to my computer so I don't need my notes anymore. So there's often this misunderstanding about the person of the Holy Spirit, that he's convicting us and he wants us to shape up. And today I want to talk about what the Holy Spirit is by utilizing a method called negative theology, and they call it via negativa, which is trying to describe God in means of what he is not mm-hmm. rather than who he is. Mm-hmm. And specifically today we want to talk about what the Holy Spirit is is not. And Madeline shared the five misconceptions that we're going to cover. We're going to spend some time on the first one, he convicts me, and then quickly go through the last four. But Paul Ellis said this. He said, one of the biggest signs that a believer does not understand what happened at the cross is that they are scared of, a scared, they are scared of the Holy Spirit and his work. They view her, view him as a convictor and the policeman, even though Jesus called him the counselor and the comforter. And our pre- conceptions about the Holy Spirit often are um, guided by our Old Testament theology. They're guided by um, bad preaching in our church services instead of new covenant truths. And I don't know about you, but how many times have you heard Christians say, and I've said it myself, the Holy Spirit is convicting me or the Holy Spirit uses godly guilt to lead us to repentance, which in the words of Paul Ellis is like, makes as much sense as demonic grace. He said, when we feel guilt, it's not evidence of the Holy Spirit. It's evidence that we have a conscience. Yeah. I think, I think it's great. We've been doing, uh, well, we started the year with the sermon series, See Yourself Here, yeah. you know, just clear vision. Yeah. And then we went and did uh, also the great divide. And it's all about how we're, we're in a new covenant. Sometimes we take the Old Testament God um, or perspective, the way we're reading the Bible incorrectly, yeah. and then we project it onto um, the Lord yeah. and, and give him characteristics that he is not, that right? Don't to that him. don't belong to him. Like he is kind, right? He is love. Yeah. Not, not, he's not a punishing God. No, he's not a punishing God. And so fear of conviction is 
for me, a terrible way to have a relationship with yeah. the Godhead. Yeah. I don't want to have a relationship with God based on fear or based on the fact that he's my beat cop or he's a policeman in my life. I don't want that kind of relationship with anyone. Imagine the kind of relationship if in a marriage relationship, one person in that relationship was a beat cop, always holding someone responsible, always pointing out their errors, always pointing out where they fall short. Yeah. That's no relationship. No, and that's, I think it's motivated out of fear. And fear is a very, it's not a, it's a bad motivator. Yeah, it is. And I don't want to have that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit. So where do we get this idea from? I think we get this idea from a complete misinterpretation of John 16, verse 8. Madeline, will you read that for us? Yeah, it says, And when he comes, he, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You know, I, I for one, always looked at that and did not exclude myself from that, that mm -hmm. reasoning or that, that mm -hmm. sentence. I always thought that I was a part of the group of people, yeah. even as a believer, that the Holy Spirit was convicting about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. And you know what? We're wrong. And the Holy Spirit came, and Jesus clearly lays it out in the following verses about what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is. Yeah. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to come to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Yeah. But somehow we have co-opted this scripture, and we've perverted this scripture mm -hmm. to beat Christians up and to, to kind of ship-shape them into line, saying the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. So point number one, Madeline, read point number one for so me. So the Holy Spirit does not convict me of sin. He convicts the world of sin. The word convict is only used twice in the New Testament. You might find a couple other times in different translations and different versions. Once in June, where it talks about Enoch uh, prophesies about the Lord sending, um, and he's going to convict all the ungodly of the ungodly deeds they've done in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh and cruel ungodly spinners, spinners, <laughs> sinners who have spoken against him. So the word co convict in Jude 1 5 is towards the ungodly and those who are away from God. And then there's one reference about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and conviction, and that's just in the one that Madeline read for us in John chapter 16, verse 8 says, um, the Holy Spirit will convict the world. And this word convict is actually a legal term. And it's a suggestion of putting a convicted person to shame. The King James Bible Dictionary says it's to prove or find guilty of a crime, to determine or decide to be guilty, to indict, persecute, trials over. And you can see that in both references of conviction, it is meant for the ungodly and the world and not for me. Right. So what does the world mean here? So he comes to convict the world means cosmos, the whole mass of men alienated from God and therefore, therefore hostile to the cause of Christ. This is not the ministry of the Holy Spirit to me. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 This is not a ministry of the Holy Spirit to me as I am not of this world. John 17 verse 16, when Jesus was praying for his disciples, he says, you know, keep them. Don't take them out of the world, yeah. but keep them because they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Paul said in Philippians 3.20 that we are citizens of heaven. 1 John 5.19 says we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Well, I'm not a part of that yeah, company. No. I'm not under the control of the evil one. No. I'm under the leading and care of a loving father. Ephesians 2.19 says you are no longer foreigners and strangers to God, but you are fellow citizens with God and members of his household. I am not a of this world. And so when the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, that is not including me and it's not including you. Right. So when we're reading scripture, we're, we, we're reading it, not 
it's not for us. And this is really important when we're reading the word, the historical context, biblical context, True. right? Reading it through the right lenses. Yeah. Because it can really affect then our belief system. Yeah. It really, and it affects our image of God. Yeah. And when our image of God is uh, warped and thwarted, yeah. then our relationship with yeah. God will be warped and yeah. thwarted. And so what's sin? So Jesus explains exactly what the Holy Spirit is going to convict them of. He's going to convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Of sin. Verse 9, it says, of sin because they do not believe in me. What is the most basic sin in the world that the world is guilty of? It's not believing in Jesus. Jesus totally specified this. He totally clearly laid out what sin the Holy Spirit was going to convict us of. And the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is at work in the world because they do not believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it's true that the function of the Holy Spirit is to convict, but it's to convict people of the sin of unbelief. But I'm no longer one of those peoples. Yeah. I'm a believer, and I need not be convicted of my belief in Jesus because I have fully decided to follow him. So someone might ask, what, um, what do, how does the Holy Spirit accomplish this task of convicting the world of its sin of unbelief? And I always say through the mysterious moving of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of men, and the most important way that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin is through our faithful testimony about the goodness of God by preaching good news yeah. that your sins are forgiven and yeah. you have a good God who loves you. And I think sometimes, too, testimony is even your lifestyle. Like, that yeah. could be your biggest True. testimony is the way that yeah. you're living it out, right? In yeah. your your relationships, when you're going to work, you're just being you. People people say, oh, wow, you, you're really peaceful. Yeah. You know, everything is in chaos at work how do you maintain peace all the time yeah. or you know the way you communicate with people just with so much honor and respect yeah. and uh, and i haven't even begun to whatever yeah lay out the gospel for them or the goodness of god That's and all this right. stuff and it's just the lifestyle francis of assisi said preach always use words only when necessary and yeah. so our lives are a living testimony and a living book to yeah. the goodness of god in our lives scripture tells us that the holy spirit is one with the father and jesus and that jesus is the exact express image of god who manifested in the life of christ self-sacrificial love and that Jesus is the last Adam who brought life. Therefore, I must conclude that the ministry of the Holy Spirit, even to a world that does not believe his ministry of conviction, is to bring about life, to manifest in their hearts that God loves them, and that he is the giver of good gifts. Can I get an amen? Amen. This is all good news. Amen. That's so good. And so even though the Holy Spirit is convicting, I know that God is love. Mm -hmm. So God the Father is love. Jesus is love. The Holy Spirit is yeah. love. And his means by which he convicts the world is going to, like God uh, in Hosea said, God drew them with yeah. cords of compassion. Yeah. I genuinely believe that the ministry of the Holy Spirit to convict people of unbelief is to draw them with cords of love and compassion. Read us the next scripture, Madeline. So 2 Corinthians 7, 17 to 20. It says, therefore, if any one is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All this is from God, who oh. through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Gave us. That is... In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses Hallelujah. against them. I love that line. God in Christ was reconciling yeah. the world to himself, not counting men's trespasses against them. Oh my gosh, that just makes me really excited on the inside. And it's too bad I'm standing because I could probably do a little Woo. jig at this point in time. Go on, go ahead. <laughs> And entrusting, us, entrusting uh, to us, us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. 
We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be, made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we, we might, might become, become the righteousness, the righteousness of, of God. God. And that's our message. You know, the Holy Spirit testifies through our lifestyle, but the Holy Spirit testifies through our words and the things yeah. that we say. And what do we say of God? What do we say of Jesus? What do we say of the Holy Spirit? I say that God is not counting men's trespasses no. against him anymore and that he desires to reconcile you unto himself. God is making his appeal through us and the message is that God no longer counts your sin against you. Our job, therefore, is to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We call people by sharing the good news that their Come sins on. are forgiven. Come Amen. On. Amen. It's his kindness that, that leads us on. to repentance, to a change of mind. Yeah. And, and this, this, I think this scripture was pointed out last week, but in Luke 4.18, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit has anointed me to what? To preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, Amen. recovery of sight to the blind. This is all good, good news. news. This is not a news of punishment punishment, that the Lord is counting a list of all your sins, that you have to wake up in the morning and do this list of things so that by the end of the day, like you're holy enough, yeah, whatever. You're, you're clear this is all to sleep. good news. Amen. Okay, so the Holy Spirit convicts the world, not me, of sin, and the Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness. John 16 verse 10 says, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. There is a righteous standard that the whole world is held to, and Jesus is its standard bearer. There is only one person who came down from heaven and lived a sinless and perfect life, and that's Jesus. And he went back to heaven, and he lives as our intercessor. The righteousness that the world tries to deny is found and demonstrated in Christ. Everything he ever did and said was a consummate expression of the love of God. He is righteousness personified, mm -hmm. and no one can measure up to him. That's good news. That is good news. So if you want to know what righteousness is, it's Jesus. While some of us might look at that, well, I'll never be as righteous as Jesus. That's an impossible feat wow. for me. Wow. But you and I, we have the ability to be righteous. We don't achieve that in and of ourselves, but we possess the righteousness of Christ because God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Yeah, and we are in Christ, right? So yeah. because he is righteous, that I'm makes righteous. I am righteous. Because he is holy, I'm holy. Mm -hmm. You hear that? Because he's righteous, you're righteous. Because he's holy, you're holy. Because he's perfect, you're perfect. Amen? And it's just and, the belief. It's believing it, right? Yeah. It's the unbelief that I think sometimes... Uh, stunts or or not allows us to fully receive mm -hmm. it so there's no amount of works that i can do outside of christ to attain righteousness the only way that i can be right with god is through jesus christ being right with god is simply a matter of faith and not self-effort being right with god and others comes simply by believing in the finished work of the cross which is a manifestation of god's passionate love for his creatures so when we testify and we're led by the Holy Spirit, we ought to testify that Jesus did it right so that you can be right. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life. God has a gift of righteousness for you. You just have to believe it. You have to receive it. Jesus did it right on your behalf. Amen? Amen. 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 amen, amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Last thing, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of judgment. John... Chapter 16, verse 11. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. 
Jesus identifies Satan as the one to whom judgment has fallen because the ruler of this world is cast out. It was on the cross that Jesus redeemed sinners for God and utterly vanquished Satan, that by his death he might break the power of him who had the power of death, that is the devil. He is judged, the devil, the ruler of this world, and the verdict is he is an accuser, he is a killer, he is a liar, and he is a thief. Imagine, you know, uh, Jesus or the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. Mm-hmm. And when we have the mindset that the Holy Spirit convicts us, isn't that sort of like accusation? Mm-hmm. Isn't that sort of blasphemous to attribute to the Holy Spirit something that belongs yeah. to the evil yeah. one? That's you know what point. I mean? That's a good point. The Holy Spirit testifies to us that the devil is disarmed and that Christ at the cross triumphed over him and made a spectacle of him. He's defeated. The power of sin is broken. And although the devil may try to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus has come to give us life and abundant life. And the Holy Spirit testifies with the world that you can be made right. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Therefore, on the basis of the scripture, we must conclude that the Holy Spirit's ministry of conviction is not directed towards me, but those who are alienated from God. He convinces them that Jesus is the cure to sin, that God no longer counts their sin against them, and that all... Um, and that the ruler of this world is judged. Mm -hmm. So even the ministry of conviction on the Holy Spirit is with a very positive focus, with a very love-based focus. It's to let people know that Jesus is a cure for the sin. It's to let people know that God's no longer counting their sins against them. It's to let people know that there is a standard of righteousness. I did it right so you can be right, and that the enemy of your soul has been judged, and he has been disarmed and Mm -hmm. defeated. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the Holy Spirit does not indict me, He does not judge me. He does not prosecute me. He does not convict me. And he does not render me guilty. Hallelujah. I'm really happy. I don't know how I had it wrong for so many years, but that makes me want to do a happy dance. Yeah, celebrate. Yeah, he is not my convictor. He is not my beat cop. He is a life-giving spirit. He does not imprison me. He frees me from prison. Mm -hmm. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And. I want an amen. amen. I want an amen. Sue, bring me an amen. A comment in the comments below. Amen. <laughs> you go talk. I love it. I love it. So he's not my indicter. He's not my judge. He's not my prosecutor. He's not my convictor. And he isn't the one who renders a guilty verdict in my life. So what, in the words of Paul, shall we say in response to this? If God be for us, who, who, can? who, who can be against us? And I love this. This is like some a rhetorical uh, uh, statement that Paul makes. It's like, uh, like the setting in a courtroom. And I love this, you know, especially when we're talking about legal terms like convict. It says, if God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> That's enough in and of itself. Who shall bring any charge? There is no charge yeah. that anyone can bring about me. Because it's God who justifies me, who's made me right. Who can condemn me? Yeah. Christ Jesus, the one who died for me. More than that, he was raised in my behalf, who sits at the right hand of the Father, who right now is interceding for me. So what shall yeah. I say? What shall separate us from the love of God? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's like the picture that you showed up at the beginning. I yeah. think uh, I think we should start to imagine, like when we look at them in the mirror and we see Holy Spirit, it's one who's cheering us on, Amen. one who's bringing us life. What do you need? Like, I've got it. I've already paid for it. You're already clean. You're already righteous. You're already holy. Yeah. You Reflecting know? back at us with the beauty of yes. Christ and how beautiful we are because we've been made right with God because yeah. God is not keeping track of our sin anymore. So God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
are for me. He does, so, you know, someone out there might say, well, how does God deal with a saint who sometimes sins? So God in Christ dealt with sin, the noun. Mm-hmm. He dealt with my sin nature. Mm-hmm. But as a believer, as a saint, I might blow it once in a while. So how does God deal with that? And don't get us wrong. God cares about sin. What loving father wouldn't? Mm-hmm. But he, he is, the word says in John that he is, the, he is um, God is love. Yeah. And he does not keep a record of wrongs. Mm-hmm. And so God, if I blow it, he's not keeping a record of yeah. wrong for me. Hebrews uh, chapter 10, 15. Will you re- read yeah. that? It says, the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with the after that I will make with after that time, says the Lord, and I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. I'm so thankful that God is love. I'm so thankful that at the essence of who he is, it is love mm-hmm. and that love keeps no record of wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that, you know, if I blow it, I don't have a black mark against me. The Holy Spirit doesn't yeah. condemn me, guilt trip me or withdraw from me. He doesn't come and go dependent on my behavior. Hebrews 13, 5 says he will never leave us nor forsake us. Mm-hmm. He does not leave us as orphans. He's given us his spirit and that spirit remains and abides to finish the good work that Christ has begun. As a child of God, my sins are toast, not me. What God has done by the Holy Spirit is correct me, not convict me. He disciplines me, not punishes me. He does not punish, penalize, or sanction me. He disciplines me and he trains me for my future. As an expression of his love and mercy, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of unbelief in Jesus. In me, the Holy Spirit leads me into all truth. He reminds me of all that Jesus said and accomplished. He will always cause me to turn to Christ, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. He convinces me that I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit will bring my conversation that I have in my head about myself back to this point, the cross. And he didn't come to persuade God about us. He came to persuade us Us about about God. God. That's good news. man. That is such good news. And I think the story in Luke 15 of the prodigal son is a great picture, right? Of, of, uh, so the son went off and did whatever choices he made and he came home, but that didn't change the status of he is still a son of that father in in the house. I'm always a child of God. Always. I am always a child. He will never deny me. No. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah. And I love what you said is that the Holy Spirit convinces me. Like he's reminding, reminding me. If you, so you need truth, man. Open yeah. up. The love is patient. Love is kind. The God has, has so much patience. The ministry of the Holy Spirit to the world is one thing. The ministry of the Holy Spirit to me is a completely different yeah. thing. Amen? Amen. So that's good news. So quickly, a few more misconceptions that we brought to your attention at the beginning. So second misconception. So Get this straight. The Holy Spirit is not your convictor. He is not your beat cop. He is not your policeman. He is a life giver. He is one that remains with you and abides with you. He is the one who teaches you everything that Jesus said and did. He will lead you, guide you, comfort you, Mm -hmm. stand by you, Mm -hmm. advocate for Mm -hmm. you, and he is your helper. That is who the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. is to you. Amen. 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 Okay, some other misconceptions. Number two, the Holy Spirit is watching to see if I slip up and fail to finish. What's the truth, Madeline? The truth is that the Holy Spirit personally guarantees your salvation and inheritance. So when you were saved, you were marked as one of God's own and sealed sealed, um, with the Spirit for the day of redemption. His hope is a firm and secure anchor for the soul. 
all we have to do is trust and Amen. believe. There it is again. It's just the Holy just Spirit inside of me testifies that I am a child of God. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee that tells me I will finish yeah. and I will not fail and that Jesus will be faithful to the end. Misconception number, number three, the Holy Spirit inspires us to fear a holy and distant God. Tell me the truth, Madeline. The truth is that the Holy Spirit helps you to know and draw near to God, your Father. And it says, for the Spirit that God has given us does not make us slaves and cause us to be afraid. Instead, the Spirit makes us God's children. And by the Spirit's power, we cry out, Father, my Father. Amen. So I don't have to be distant from God. I'm not, I'm to revere God, but I shouldn't be afraid of God. Like imagine children afraid of their parents or afraid of their father. That's out of order. That's yeah. not correct. God wants me to, he's caused me to draw near to him. I couldn't get any nearer to God because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Mm -hmm. And fear is no basis for a love. Fear and love in a relationship mm -hmm. is a contradiction of terms. It just can't happen. And he has not made me a slave. He has made me a child yeah and one of his members of his family one of the members yeah. of his household and the verse comes to mind is perfect love casts out fear. All fear so and and what is god is god is love and so those two can't coexist that's and right. so if you're viewing god or holy spirit as Through kind of fear. is he a beat cop or you know is he is he counting my list of wrongs uh, that is not the case amen amen misconception number four the holy spirit comes when you fast pray attend some classes and get straight nope the Holy Spirit is received by faith. Yeah, so it says, did you fast and pray to receive Jesus? Nope. Didn't think so. You just received by Amen. faith. It's exactly the same Hallelujah. with the Holy Spirit. How do we receive the promise of the Spirit? It's by faith. And Jesus said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your mm -hmm. children, how mm -hmm. much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So, and Jesus said, until now you've not asked for anything, but ask and you receive that your joy might become full. I didn't, I didn't know how to get salvation. I didn't know how any of those took place. Yeah. And I just received by faith and it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. I don't have to fast, pray, dance, go to classes. Come on. I just need to believe and receive. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What the, fi the fifth myth misconception is that the Holy Spirit makes me hungry, thirsty, or desperate. That's crazy town. And you know, I'm sorry, but I hate to say this, but sometimes in charismatic circles, this is the language we use. You mm -hmm. got to get hungry for God. Right. You got to get desperate for God. You got to get thirsty for mm -hmm. God. Even in the old covenant, it says, come all you who are hungry and thirsty and drink of right, me without right. any cost. Even the old covenant said that. How much more wow. in the new co covenant? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger or thirst. Unbelievers are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But you and I, once we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, we will never hunger, thirst, or be desperate for more mm -hmm. since we are filled with his fullness. That's what it says in Colossians. I've been filled with the fullness of the come Godhead. On. Francis de Troyes said this, any message, and I repeat, any message that leaves you with a sense of lack and emptiness rather than completeness is a distraction from the truth and, mm -hmm. for me, a distraction from the gospel. Mm -hmm. Desperation is a language of an orphan. So God, the Holy Spirit, what does he do? The Holy Spirit witnesses to me and represents Christ. The Holy Spirit is a mm -hmm. power of the new life I enjoy mm -hmm. in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the power of the new freedom I enjoy in Christ. The Holy Spirit is a power of the unity of the body body of Christ. Yep. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to the body. The Holy Spirit is the power and the promise. 
and the guarantee that everything that Jesus said will come to fruition. Amen? Amen. Amen. He is not a policeman. No. He is not a beat cop. He is not the chief enforcement agent of heaven. He what is, is he? What is he? What is he? Let me illustrate. <laughs> Wow. The Holy Spirit is my comforter. And I'm telling you, when you put on a comforter Come on. Uh, when you're going to bed. What do you and feel if, when you put a comforter on? I feel warm. Yep. I feel relaxed. I feel peace. I feel like, oh, this is a good, happy space. Yeah. And you know what? The Holy Spirit always may, brings me to a place where I feel like it's a good, happy space. Yeah. So thank you, God, that you sent the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you came. Yeah. Thank you that even though you're convicting the world of mm. sin, righteousness, and judgment, you're doing it from the place of love because you love mankind and you love your creation. And so if you're out there today and you've ever had this image or this view of God or this view of the Holy Spirit and you're afraid of him and you won't listen to him because you think he's only going to tell you off and tell you everything that's wrong, he's going to remind you of everything that Christ did. He's going to remind you yeah. of the truth and he's going to lead you, guide you, strengthen you, help you, advocate for you he is like the lawyer and your standby yeah and and i and uh when jesus was on the on the earth and he was gonna leave his disciples were like don't go don't go and he's like i have to go because then it's some better for e you. even yeah that i'm gonna give you my holy spirit inside of you and he will never leave you nor forsake yeah. you and it's he comes and he makes his home on the inside of me yeah and it's been better amen yeah. it's amen. a better ministry yeah if the old covenant was glorious how much more the ministry of the Holy Spirit to those yeah. who believe and those who don't. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's pray. If you're visiting with us today and you're joining us and you've not yet come to the place where I believe in Jesus, all you have to do is say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. It's that simple. And you know what? Jesus did everything to make you right and to free you from the bondage of the evil on. one and the ruler of this world. So I just want to bless you now. And we did it in 40 minutes, Madeline. Two we of us talking back and forth. <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, wow, it's already 11, but we're doing great. I know. So we got some fun stuff for you guys after service. It's the one button, all access on our homepage. And uh, we might put the link in Facebook, but uh, come join us. Three mm -hmm. things. We've got the lobby. We've got next steps. And then we have prayer. If you need prayer, we have teams that are ready to pray for yeah. you. And you guys will be put into your own room uh, with two other people. Um, they just want to bless you and minister to you. I just want to say thank you, Madeline, for partnering with me today. It would be so boring so to stand up here all by myself. <laughs> and, and you're such a good person to kind of interact with. Thank and you. so I've really enjoyed that. So, Father, I thank you for Impact Church. I thank you for everyone who's watching us via live stream. I pray that uh, Holy Spirit you would convince them of the fact that they are right in God and that you would encourage them, inspire them, and empower them to testify and to be witnesses to the fact that God is no longer counting men, men's sin against them. Thank you, Father, for your goodness towards us. And bless everyone. May you have a blessed week. And let us know if you want another cooking show. Amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Happy Mother's Day, everybody.